You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with someone who I met through working at the dispensary. We actually worked together for over a year and a half, very closely. We got very close and I got to see her become a leader and now a mother. She has a unique journey in in the cannabis industry and specifically on the medicinal front throughout her pregnancy. We are super excited to pick her brain and learn more. So guys, please welcome me to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey guys. Hey me. Thanks so much for being here today. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you here. So let's just start from the beginning. When and where was the first time that you consumed cannabis? So the first time I consumed cannabis was actually back in high school, like most people. Um, And back then, I did not even realize that it could be a medicine. So for me, it was kind of like a taboo thing, Right. um, having consumed drugs for the first time. And then um, I definitely stayed away from it for basically all of my life up until I started working at a dispensary. Okay. Oh, wow. I don't think I knew that. I thought you were a pretty regular consumer, even... Ben, my boyfriend, was. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I had been around it pretty extensively, Uh but I I wasn't a consumer myself. So at what point did it become more medicinal and not just like using it just to use so, it. So especially when I started at the dispensary because we had to educate ourselves obviously on how to help the patients. And so for me, that's when I learned that it was a plant medicine and not a drug, which was really fun to actually get to realize all yeah, the different benefits. Dive into yeah, dive oh, yeah. for, for sure. So what would you say your go-to way is to consume? So for flour, definitely flour. flour it yeah. used to be, um, I used to use Mary's Patches a lot. Okay. Because it was a very non, um, like non-psychoactive way. Yeah. It was really functional for me, but flour is definitely my go-to. Do you have a certain strain that you love? No, but at the moment I'm smoking on XJ from Heartland. Okay. That's been a good one. What is that? What does it do for you? So it induces my appetite, first of all, which has been a real big struggle for me. Okay. And now that I'm breastfeeding, it's kind of, it's helping with that too, because if I don't eat, then I don't produce enough milk for her to eat. Okay. So that one is helpful for that. And it also calms my anxiety. That's really cool. That's super cool. You found something that you kind of jive with that helps your body like that. Well, and to be able to dissect it, like, because your body's going through something different than like our bodies in the stage of our life are right now. And so it's cool to hear how cannabis is helping you dissect like what you need. And that strain could do something completely different for me, mm-hmm. but it's just cool to hear. I love it. So, me, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you have done in the cannabis industry. God, who am I? Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I mean, I started at a dispensary as, a, I think I was even a bud tender back when I first started. Worked my way up to being assistant manager, and then I managed one of the locations. And what my biggest accomplishment with all of that probably was when I had patients coming back and telling me that I had actually helped them with a medicinal Ooh, yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. That's rewarding. Like, yes, it was so rewarding. And I was like, yes, I'm finally doing my job correctly. Yeah. And it's more than just like smoking weed. Yes. Like you were saying, yeah. plant medicine. And you were like getting to help people figure out what was going to work best for their body. And there's one guy who sticks out in particular. And he came in and like I asked him for his medical card. And he like threw it across the counter at me and was super grumpy about it. And then, like, the second time he came in, he was like, oh, you need to see my card. And I was like, yes, we do. And he gave it to me. And, like, the third time he came in, he was smiling and had it ready. And I was like, you just get to see the progression of when pain starts to subside, how happier people can be. Yeah. Right? That's Isn't real. that cool? People are different people whenever they feel good. Yes, I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to judge off just, like, the first, you know, especially, like, in a... 
like a dispensary, anyone coming in there is coming in there for medicine to get better. So like just from that first interaction. Yeah. Those are some of my favorite stories to tell, especially with, I was actually talking to my brother the other day because he still doesn't, he sees cannabis, but he doesn't see cannabis. Like not like, he's like, you know, I'm, I won't lie. I'm one of those that like, is like, is it kind of taboo? And is it, does it really work? Like, is it, you know, just like a, what's like a placebo effect. Mm -hmm. And so then I would go and tell him stories about how like, Patients have changed my life and me helping change their lives. And I'm like, you can think that it's cut and dry and whatever it is. But like when you see it work firsthand, when all people are doing is curing cancer with yeah. RSO or, you know, helping their kids with autism or whatever the case may be, it it's natural and it helps. And I'm also a firm believer that I don't think I would have a daughter today if it wasn't for cannabis. Mm. Like yeah. throughout my pregnancy, I had such a rough first trimester that it was the only thing that was getting me through the days. Yeah, let's break into that a little yeah. bit. <laughs> let's dive into that. So before we dive into that part, what made you want to get into the cannabis industry? Like what sparked that journey for you? So I am from Sweden originally. And okay. in Sweden, growing up, it was very much a drug and a scary drug at that, like something to stay away from. Yeah. So for me, hearing that it was medicinal, I was really c- curious, yeah. I think. I was kind of curious mm-hmm. is what I yes. like to say. And I was so green at that time that I didn't know what it could help with either. So I was just willing to learn. And I think that's kind of why I wanted to jump into it. It was the opposite spectrum from pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's legit. Yeah, that is. it. I love when people come in with that perspective and then you come in and, I mean, obviously with where we were, you had to learn so much all at once. And it was like, I remember when me first got there, she was like, oh, fuck, what is happening? Like, yeah. we were literally throwing so much information it's at her. Foreign. But, it's yeah, to see you, like, gracefully, like, excel the way you did and then, like, be able to help these patients with their life journeys. Like, that is so cool. That, and you can probably still do that because it's ingrained so deep in you now. And it that, like, it just, yeah, and it just naturally, like, when people ask stuff, you just naturally want to be like, no, don't do this or yes, do that because it's, like, it's just ingrained in you and it's cool to see that you came from something where you were not a not believer, but like just didn't know to now yeah. you're like, this is it. Like this is my medicine. Yeah. So that's awesome. So me, I know we've been through, sh- through some shit on the retail cannabis side. What's been your biggest takeaway from being a manager in the cannabis industry? Consistency. Like all around consistency, whether it comes to staff or as well as like keeping the product on hand, especially for patients who come back time and time again, if they are trying to treat an actual ailment, if you don't have anything to help them on hand, they're going to stop coming first of all, but mm-hmm. also for them as a patient, it's frustrating Yeah, because I had the same issue where I was trying to find my medicine on a daily basis and some places weren't carrying it and it was just, it's a struggle at that point. Yeah. Right. It's true. Yeah, that is true. I felt that's like the most frustrating thing is when you go into a dispensary looking for something and you can't find or that they can't even recommend something else. Yeah, I mean, and that depends on the type of dispensary you go into. I hate to say the type of, but there are all different types. Yeah, (laughs) More medicinal fronts, more like, let's come in and party, (laughs) you know. And I can appreciate those. Everything has its time and place. Yes, yes, they for sure. The dispensary I worked in was definitely more of a medicinal one, so I appreciate that we were able to do that for our patients. Yeah. What would you say is something that, like, really surprised you about the Oklahoma market? Oh, wow. I think the lack of education. Yeah. Yeah. It was really frustrating. And also the lack of wanting to be educated on top of that. Like yes. people mm-hmm. just thinking they know best. And it's not that I know better than them because you know your body best. Yes. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to certain things and just being ingrained and like an indica is the only one that works for me because of this and this. And I'm trying to tell you that 
the strain in front of you is not an indica. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. it's hard. It's yeah. hard when people aren't away from the indica sativa. You're, you're kind of like trying to help them. Like this will actually help you feel this way. Yes. It's not just about those labels. You're going to have a better experience with this, yes. this versus the one you're wanting to buy. You're going to go home and be mad at me because mm-hmm. it's not what you were looking for. I'm yeah. telling you that in store, but you're not listening. Yeah, because people don't know. It's hard. And, and that comes with know. trusting your bud tender yeah, that's too, you know. And finding a place that's good for you. Developing a relationship that relationship. Yeah. And that's where the kind of consistency comes back in too because if you have consistent bud tenders and you know who you like and which right. stores you like to go to based on those yeah. people. It's trial and error. Yeah, and I always say it's like a hairstylist too. Like yes. if you find somebody you like and they go to a different dispensary, you're going to follow them. That's so true. That is, honestly, that's real. I haven't really thought of it like that until yeah. just now, but that's, that's powerful. Yeah, because I found a couple bud tenders as of recent that I really enjoy and like I've st- kind of stopped going to other dispensaries because I enjoy them yeah. and although they don't have all the products that I want, I will still go and figure it out because yeah. I know the people that are And maybe they'll get them. And maybe they'll get them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, which I love. So now that you're out of the dispensary and experiencing as a patient, what do you look for when going into a dispensary and searching for products? What's this this new journey for you on the other side look like? Scary, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a baby into a dispensary That's real. is difficult. I'm not going to lie. I haven't done it yet. Um, I have been very hesitant on that front. I've sent my boyfriend in to get stuff while we sat in the car instead. Mm-hmm. But um, what we've looked for basically is, A, that they keep their weed maps up to date so I know what strains they carry. Yes, important. But then also, like, the cleanliness is big Mm -hmm. for me. Like, I don't like going to some of these dispensaries. It feels like you're in a backdoor alley. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I just, it's not, it's not a safe environment for me. I hear yeah. you. You don't trust them. So what, where have you been going as of recent? So we tried, um, what was it recently? We tried one down in Moore and I cannot remember the name of it. That's okay. So bad. That's okay. We There's also so many. went to Euphora in Norman, which I really enjoyed. Okay. I've been to Euphora in Norman and it is a very cool, it's very clean and yeah, a very see? cool vibe. Their social media front definitely matches their storefront. I feel like, like the, it just kind of goes Con- all across the board. It's consistent see? throughout, like. Mm-hmm. The experience you get with whoever runs their social media, shout out to Ufora, is the same experience you get going into a store in that whoever's in store is so kind and they like are very like, you are my only priority right now. And they like take the time to educate you. Yeah. I think it's super important. Yeah. Also craft is opening a location and more next week. So I will definitely oh, be going there. Love that. That's so nice. I haven't been to craft in forever. I know I haven't either. I but they've got good stuff. I do. We've always liked them. Yeah. Do you have any advice me for patients as someone who's been on the manager side? Do you have any advice for someone um, who's on that side? Like the manager Take care of your people. Yeah. Like there's so many people who are undervalued in the cannabis space currently. And so if you take care of your own people, like your bud tenders, your assistant managers, like even your receptionists, whoever, take care of those because that's your core team. And those are the ones who are going to get you through those long days when you might have difficult patients. And also on top of this, just like I said with the hairstylist thing, don't burn your bridges because you never know who you're going to come across in the cannabis space again. That's true. That's so true. After all. It is. Yeah. Especially being in Oklahoma too. Yeah. 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 That's so true. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners or self-sob, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. 
Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal. She really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So let's switch gears just a little bit and talk about your journey with your pregnancy and Tuva. Tuva? Tuva. Tuva. That's how you say her name. It's pronounced, or it's spelled T-O-V-E, but it's pronounced Tuva. Um, I know you had a tough pregnancy with her and you just kind of spoke a little bit on it and you had some underlying medical conditions as well. Can you share your journey with us from the beginning as to what it looked like? So I have to start a little bit before her pregnancy actually okay. because we miscarried um, a couple or a year before I had her. And after that, I felt like my body never really went back to normal. And so I was still dealing with some hormonal issues. My face kept breaking out. Um, And then on top of that, I also felt like it was IBS is what they diagnosed it as. And so I was struggling to to keep myself fed, essentially, because I would be throwing up or being sick all the time. And so cannabis helped me get to the point where I could go to work on a daily basis. Like every morning, I would wake up violently ill and Mm. Ben would have to like go pack a bowl for me and be like oh my god are you okay Mm -hmm. and I'm just like I'd have to smoke it run to the to the outside to smoke and then run back to the bathroom and like just kind of manage that in order to be able to go to work and so finally I got to the point where I was finding a balance with that and I had gone to the doctor's And I started on some, like, fiber to help with my digestion issues. And then we got pregnant again. And the first trimester was so rough. Like, it was so bad. And there was moments where I was at work and I would have to run to the bathroom to be sick. And I would come out and my assistant manager would just kind of look at me, like, in shock. Like, are you okay? And I would be like, honestly, no. And she'd be like, okay, sit down for a minute and, like, breathe. Um, And so with that, like, the flower was the only thing that made me feel calm enough in my entire body to even be able to sit down and eat a meal Mm. and that is obviously very important when you're growing another human inside of you and when I went to the doctors I went to multiple I went to three different doctors first before I settled on having a natural birth with my midwife okay and these doctors all had different opinions I can imagine medical needs and that was kind of what really put me off Mm -hmm. um the first lady I went to go see she told me that a I needed to change my career too because it wasn't going to be good for my child Who's she to say? Who right? is she And I was like, are you say? hiring? Because yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, ma'am. Okay. Like, You're like, you want to add more to my stress on I my plate? Yeah. Like, hello. And then the second doctor didn't really have any say on it. He said it was kind of just a personal choice, which I respected. Mm-hmm. And then the third doctor, she didn't have a negative response to it. She said it was also a personal choice. But the nurse who had seen me during that visit told me that CPS would come take my child away. And all these things and, like, definitely scared me to the yeah. point where I was then worried because I've heard these stories of yeah. other moms right. where it's happened. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, crap, I can't continue to take my medicine. Mm-hmm. But the doctor obviously um, reassured me that it was a personal choice. And because I do have my, like, medical card, it is legal for me to consume. But there is a risk that if the baby tests positive at birth that you will then be obviously jeopardized. Yeah, have to go through care. all that, which is. But is that if you have it? In a medical facility. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I never ran into that issue. Yes, Yes. ma'am. And on top of that, I then found my midwife who was very supportive of me. She wasn't like, hey, go smoke. But Mm -hmm. she told me it's risk over reward. So Mm -hmm. it's for you. Like, is this reward worth it? Like, you know what you're risking, but is it worth it for you personally? I believe it's every mom's choice to know what's best for them personally. Yeah. And they wanted to put us on a anti- 
nausea medication. And the second I re- read up about it, it causes like cleft palates and heart defects in babies. And I'm like, I'm not taking that. I took it one time and it immediately made me feel wrong. Yeah. Like my body felt mm-hmm. off and I didn't feel like my body was functioning the way it should be. Right. And during a pregnancy, that's the last thing you want. Yeah. Yeah. Especially so, when you have something growing inside of you. Yes. Who's like your life, your yes. everything. Yes. Yes. And so I decided not to take that medication again. And the doctors kept trying to push it on me. And I told them, I was like, the more you push medication on me, the less I'm likely to take it. And they, they kind of looked at me like I was the crazy one in that situation. Yeah. yeah. And so doing the natural side of things, I felt I was much more of an informed mother going into it. But also my choices mattered. Yes. And my yeah. thoughts mattered. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, oh, you should be doing this because this is what the medical establishment has told us we should be telling you to, to do. Right. Mm-hmm. It was, what do you trust your intuition to be? Yeah. Wow. That's really, I, I'm i a very holistic-minded yeah. individual as well. And whenever I have a child one day, I'm going to give natural birth. Yeah. And I... It's what you're meant for. I, I yeah. know my body's capable mm-hmm. of it. And, like, our bodies as a woman were created so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And we were made for this. And personally, like medical institutions just freak me out and I don't want anyone having a say over my body or my baby or trying to force or push anything on me because Mm -hmm. I trust my body yes and I believe in it and I know what it's capable of and I know that's what you were feeling yeah and when you when you take that power back too yeah it makes you feel so much better when you go through the birthing process too like somehow I never thought I'd ever want to have give birth first from the get-go but nevertheless again and Mm -hmm. now I'm like oh I wish I could relive all of it because it was so empowering yeah yeah man I did that Divine yeah. feminine. <laughs> I know. We'd love to hear it. So, me, you chose a midwife and a doula. Can yes. you give us a quick rundown on what that is, how that's played into your journey for people who are listening and don't know? Because I know that's very foreign to most people because that's kind of against the system. Yeah. So, for me, I was confused what the two differences were. So, the midwife focuses on the health of the baby. So, during the delivery process, she was the one kind of making sure her vitals were steady and the passage was going to be correct. The doula is the one that kind of looks after the mother. So if I needed to be fed or if I need some water, um, she did. She helped me with my counter pressure to help with pain management as well throughout the process. So that's kind of the two differences. So a doctor them. and kind of like someone who's supporting nurse, you. Essentially, okay, yeah. Um, the thing is you can choose to have both or you yeah. could just do a midwife. A lot of people okay. who have like their, their mothers at their births to help would opt out of having a doula because you have your mom there to right. help. Or some people even have their kids help if they're older. Or their partner. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so if I were to do it again, honestly, I don't know if I'd need to hire a doula. I would, however, recommend hiring a postpartum doula. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So talk about that. What is that? So once you get home, um, so we gave birth. She came at 3.41 in the morning, and we were home before noon. Oh, wow. Yes. And I was healed. I was walking and felt fine. Like wow. that's what happens when you give a natural birth. Is. Your body that's beautiful. Back. Fuck yeah. And so we were at yeah. home and at that point Ben and I are terrified. They yeah. gave us a child. Why why did they just let her take right? us home? Yeah. What do we do with this I'm thing? Like, do we need to take a driver's license course. Like, you know, something yes. like there yes. should be a license to take home a child. This is a human right. being. <laughs> and so we're freaking out for the first twenty four yeah. hours. And like on top of that, we're forgetting to feed ourselves and like there was a lot of management that I think we were underprepared for just because we are solo mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City. We mm-hmm. don't have any family here. Yes. So if you're in our situation, I would recommend it. Now, if you have in-laws who are coming to help you and, like, you've got a meal train and stuff mm-hmm. like that set up, maybe mm-hmm. it's not so important. But for me, I also struggled with the postpartum mm-hmm. hormonally so much mm-hmm. that I feel like I could have needed somebody <laughs> to talk to. Yeah, that for sure. That's really important. 
her posse fell over here. Oh, thank you. We have a guest. Guest baby. Yeah, guest baby. A little bear. <laughs> um, so there's so many misconceptions and not enough studies when it comes to using cannabis during pregnancy. How did that conversation go with your midwife and doula? So I told them kind of what, what my situation was and where I was at with it. And they recommended that, A, I feel after myself and how I felt and what I felt was safe enough for me and my mm-hmm. baby. They also said that there was anecdotal studies been, that have been done with other moms and to read up on those so that I could feel more informed in my choices. They also were the kind of people who were like, hey, if you wanted to have a glass of wine once a week during your pregnancy, you can. I'm against that. Yeah. But that's a personal choice right there yeah. again. There's a lot of people who are against consuming cannabis during your pregnancy, and that's that's fine. Personal choices right. again. And so for me, I just knew how much sicker I was without it. Mm-hmm. That so that I can I chose to then continue on. And I had this long discussion with my boyfriend because I was hesitant that he wasn't comfortable with it and that would affect mm-hmm. my stress mm-hmm. mentally. And it would, mm-hmm. and in turn, like, let's be the on baby. the same page. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's his, his child too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. My body, my choice, but his child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's meet in the middle ground. Mm-hmm. And he said that he saw such a difference in me on the days that I wouldn't consume versus the days mm. I I did that he was like obviously it's what you need to continue yeah. and so it was a no brainer for him and he's like well who's to say that we're not on the right side of history here yeah like, he's right I mean he really is right and Ben right. Ben has really good perspective I feel like on that kind of stuff and it's it's so cool me that you have a partner like that that mm-hmm. supportive that supportive and could have been like no you're not yes. doing that and then you would have had to put your body through so much trauma that you wouldn't have even you wouldn't have even mm-hmm. enjoyed your pregnancy no, and like having miscarried before too, yeah so scared we were going to end up yeah, in the same yeah. situation. I never made it out of the first it's trimester. Mm-hmm. And so having a rough first trimester again, I was like, I'm doing everything in my power to yeah. keep this baby. Yeah. And here we are. And here <laughs> we are. We got a little cute So <laughs> what did your consumption look like? Like as you were like I cut caring. back significantly. Okay. Um, I went from a medicinal and recreational user to a only medicinal user. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped with like, I know it's supposed to be safe, but I stopped with vape cartridges. I also didn't really... Et- medicate with edibles because it wasn't my cup of tea for the most I part. I can understand that. Um, but I, that's actually kind of a lie now that I think about it. I did take one edible, a five milligram one at night. And I was open with the doctors about that too. And they said, cause it was such a low dose, it wasn't likely to affect her development. And the only things that they could prove is that babies come out with a lower birth weight. Right. But most of these studies have been done on moms who have also consumed other drugs. Ah, yeah. So it's not only yes. cannabis. If you're smoking nicotine as yes. well, you're going to have a, it's a whole birth. game changer. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm like, can we see some studies with only cannabis being yeah. used and see yeah. what happens here? Kind of like you're your own test subject. Yes, really. exactly. And so I just decided to limit it to what I felt more co- most comfortable with. Yeah. And so that was like not igniting flour and using a vaporizer for flour because that's supposed to be a healthier alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also stopped using, I was using transdermal patches on a daily basis. Okay. And the second I found out I was pregnant, I stopped using those entirely. I don't know why. That was just a personal yeah. intuition thing. You just felt like I it. Did. I mean, here, here's the thing, though, is if as a woman, if you are really in tune with yourself and your body, and it sounds like you are, mm-hmm. when you know something doesn't feel right, yeah. you're not going to keep doing it. Exactly. Because you know, intuitionally, this is not right. And even like having something inside of you growing and having that intuition, eh, I should probably not be using this anymore. Like, it probably saved you from who knows what or like prevented, I don't know, X, Y, and Z or whatever. And also, I don't mean like I wasn't smoking like 
ridiculous amounts on a daily basis either. Like, yeah. we're talking to probably less than, like, a joint a day or, okay. like, yeah. half a bowl, of, like, a day just to try to get through. Okay. Yeah. And so I cut back on the consumption as well in order to keep it safe enough. But I want to also chime in and say, and I can only say this because me used my volcano, she was also very mindful about how she consumed and that she only vaporized. Yes. For, like, the first little bit when you didn't have it, she smoked joints and bowls, whatever, but, like, once I gave it to her, you had it pretty much your yes. entire pregnancy yes. and after. And vaporizing, if for those of you who don't know, is a lot cleaner and a lot better to consume your medicine without any of the extra stuff. So all you're getting is literally just clean vaporized cannabis, and that's what me did. And so her... Even on that front, getting all of, you know, the terpenes and the cannabinoids and stuff, it was just a way cleaner option for her, especially growing a baby. Also, when I was really sick and keeled over in the bathroom, it was a lot easier yes. for Ben to bring me a bag versus yeah. me going outside and actually smoking something. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Do you think this is kind of my train of thought? So, like, instead of, like, a, a butane lighter, if it was, like, a hemp wick or something, would that kind of be the same thing as the cleanliness of vaporizing? No, not yeah. entirely, but it is a better alternative to butane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Vaporizing just, you don't have to, you're not, sm- like, think about smoking a bowl or a joint. You're still getting that resin that that builds up. You're not getting that with vaporizing. It's just the vaporized cannabis that's in the bag and all the extra stuff gets filtered through. So it's, it's like very, filtering very through super, yeah. it's just making it as clean as possible, essentially. So whenever you were giving birth, like, in labor, did you... Did you consume anything like as that was happening, like up into the point where you're like, I got to set myself up for success or were you just kind of like, I'm just going to I had a friend who had had a natural birth and she had informed me of like her consumption throughout her, her pregnancy too. And I asked her, I was like, did you consume during your birth? And she said that honestly, no, because you get so into like your rhythms yeah. that you forget. And I was like, surely not. Like I'm going to be consuming the entire time. no. Definitely yeah. didn't. I was too busy dealing with the contractions and uh-huh. setting yeah. myself up for the next one that that was the right. furthest thing from my mind. Yeah, I can, I can. See yeah, that. Like, honestly, yeah. I think when I first was pregnant too, I was like, I'm going to take it edible. Like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Like, during my pregnancy. You think like, about that, but then yeah. when it happens, your body's just in like full send mode, just like get this baby out. Yeah, exactly. And I was yeah. also, I was so concerned having never given birth before, what what the different phases of it was going to feel like and look like yeah. mentally that I didn't want to be out of it. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, other routes will make you feel that way. Yeah, yeah. edibles for me are just too strong. I feel like yeah. they last too long, and so if I were to take an edible and it's like eight hours into labor, and mm-hmm. I'm still feel, I see, would, I yeah. wouldn't want that either. I yeah. would no. probably just, for me it would be flour. Like if yeah, I'm yeah. if I'm doing anything, like I need quick mm-hmm. flour because it's the fastest acting. I'm not waiting an hour yeah. for a freaking edible to kick in. Yeah. There's no way. But you also like when you do give natural birth in that sense, like when you make that decision, I feel like you already know like you want to feel it yeah and you want to be a part of it and you want to like I don't know you just want to be there and be present and not feel like you're absent-minded yeah I mean it's a whole I feel like when you do natural birth it's a whole journey like a mental journey that you're going on that's way different than giving it in I feel like a hospital Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a natural birth in a hospital, you can. too. And yeah. that works fine. I just, for me personally, I hate hospitals. Yeah, dude, they're I scary. Was in two, Same. In two, 
institutionalized when I was younger. Yeah. And so it's left like a negative mark mm-hmm. on my brain. And so those white walls, I'm like, no, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. But where I gave birth, it felt like I was in a luxury okay, hospital. Okay. It or, was a luxury hospital. Like a hotel, it was beautiful. Like the birthing suite. What was it called? Oklahoma. Oklahoma City Birth Center. Yeah. It was, I remember me showing me the suite. She's like, I might get the suite. And I'm like, holy shit, are you staying there for a week? <laughs> I told them, I was like, you have to kick me out. I might move in. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like, like, birth here. Right. <laughs> you, so you gave birth in a tub, right? Yes. So talk a little bit about that. It's like, what's, what was, give everyone listening a visual of what your room looked like and then what the process was so in giving birth. So there was a queen birth. size bed and a massive tub, to be honest. Um, it probably fit like four people in it if you really like wanted a hot, to. It was like a hot tub. Yeah, yeah. almost. And it was really comfortable. Um, and there's also like a side bathroom with a toilet and a sink in it, which like some people choose to labor on the toilet. I don't know why I decided on a water birth. I think I'm just, I've always been comfortable in the bath or in the water. So I just wanted that kind of when I was in pain. I could see that. Uh It didn't go quite as I had expected. So I was very uncomfortable sitting down or laying kind of with my back on anything. And so I was on all fours in the tub, actually. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I know, right? Interesting. (laughs) Because I had always just imagined sitting there and like calmly pushing her out. Nope, that is not a comfortable position. I've literally watched, this is crazy, but I watched so many birthing videos. It's like fascinating to me, like Mm -hmm. on Instagram, a bunch of like the live wild free natural birds like i so i've seen all of that it's so cool i'm like i've seen all the positions Mm -hmm. all of so what you're saying is the women all we all end up sounding similar too like you make this low like moaning noise. like that's the safest one because i know the second i i tore once and i know the second i tore it's because i started screaming like a high-pitched scream interesting And so like you learn Mm. so much about the birth process having done it so i feel like for my second child i'm going to be way more mentally prepared for these things but also knowing intuitively like what to do with my body i don't know it's so exciting that's so, that's so <laughs> i know i love to hear it that's good energy because i feel like a lot of other women i've talked to have given birth in a hospital and they've been like oh it was so horrible like i hate giving birth like i love my kids but giving birth was horrible and i'm like i don't know that i want that to be my experience like if i can help it i want to have a beautiful yeah. experience that like mm-hmm. i'm excited to like watch my body go through all these different changes and i'm excited to give a natural birth Embrace in a freaking it. tub however my body wants to you know yeah. push a baby out like right. that's a beautiful thing and yeah, i cool. feel like it makes you more in tune with yourself mm-hmm. because you were conscious enough to know all of the things you were feeling yeah. and it's so raw and the thing is, too, like, we weren't unprepared. Ben was nervous. Like, what if something were to happen? What if this? Yeah. We had a plan with a midwife on where to, where the nearest hospital was mm-hmm. and which routes to take. Like, if there was a train passing by, we go down this street instead because it's two minutes faster. They were so prepared that I didn't feel unsafe yeah. either. Yeah. And we just didn't. We were lucky enough to where we didn't have to take that route. Like, had we given birth in a hospital, my midwife would have came with me. Yeah. yeah. And that was also empowering for me to know. It's Absolutely. a safe feeling. Yeah. Just reassurance. It's just somebody else there advocating for you. Yes. Yeah. And knowing that, like, you don't have to, you could be out of mind, out of sound, but, like, you know she's going to show up for you because that's what she knows yeah. you better than, like, some random ass doctor walking in. Exactly. Yeah, which is important. So let's fast mm-hmm. forward to now. She's about to be one in the next few months, shortly. It seems like a time's already flown by so freaking fast. Um, there's a, this common thing we, we've heard from people that people who consume cannabis with babies, they'll come out slow or not be fully, fu- like, you know, like all these things. Tell us what you've noticed with her and what the doctors have noticed, if anything. So she had a healthy birth weight and she regained all of like the weight she lost from the first couple of days Mm -hmm. because we had a really poor latch within the first two weeks too, which is kind of unnormal. And Mm -hmm. so she was just healthy from the get-go. She doesn't have any issues with appetite, which is lovely. Love that. She's been hitting all of her growth um, 
marks as well. And so we haven't noticed that she's behind on anything. That's amazing. She's still a baby. So, I mean, yeah. she doesn't talk yeah. or anything. But she seems very alert, too, which is what I love. Like, she's mm-hmm. very she stares at people, and it feels like she's looking at you, not just staring off into the distance. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, she's so calm. I was just about to say, we've had, this is, it's been 30 minutes right now, and this baby has not... Yes. screamed or anything once. She's literally just been chilling there staring at Brandon She's and I. She's beautiful. She's so cute, <laughs> these big blue eyes. Uh, so me, now that you're a mom, what's your consumption and like daily self-care look like for yourself? Do you feel like it's helped with your postpartum? And- yes, it helps with the postpartum. It also helps both Ben and I because, I mean, he still consumes too. There are days where she screams her head off and we're yeah. both looking at each other like, do we take her to the hospital? Do we take her back? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. She's broken. And those freak she's out She's broken. Yeah. And that's when yeah. I'm like, I'll hold her. You go pack a bowl. And he runs outside and he smokes real quick. And then he comes in and like, he takes her for a minute. I go outside and I smoke. And then we both look oh, at each other with a cute. collective <laughs> sigh of relief. Like, okay, she can scream for another 30 minutes and we're okay. <laughs> yeah. But that yeah. in itself helps her calm down because she reads your energy. She really does. Yes. I mean, I even think about it like this. Like when growing up, and I was raised in such a, like a very great home. My parents were awesome. My parents were married for over 35 years. But when my mom or dad would get frustrated, it would flip a switch and it'd be like, "Ah!" and I hate yelling. I've always hated yelling. It triggers something inside of me where it just, I automatically will turn into a little girl and I don't like it. And so even you guys doing that, raising her, as this, as she gets older, as she makes all the things, like, instead of you screaming at her, you're going to go smoke a bowl. Yeah. You're going to come back and be like, all right, homegirl, listen. Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> I'm not happy with what you did or X, Y, and Z, whatever. So that way she won't grow up in, a, like, a screaming or, like, a, str- you know? And, like, as I'm growing, I see how much that stuff affects yes. you as an adult. So, like, I'm trying to break habits that I've grown up around that I don't want to make, like, that you want to grow from. Yes, I don't want to repeat. And so it's cool that you guys are doing that. And it's really, I feel like it's really good for people to hear because that's good parenting. Yeah, and I mean, like, you lose so much of yourself when you become a parent. Like, you you lose that autonomy and the individuality because you you have to live for somebody else now. Especially being a mom. Yes. Especially being a mom. With breastfeeding, like, you lose your body on top of that, too. Like, literally the top half doesn't belong to me right now. It's hers. And so me getting that what is it, 15 minutes a day to myself to kind of be able to breathe better, Mm -hmm. it helps me be more calm all around. Yeah, I can only imagine. And it's cool that it's good. It's important that you take even 15 minutes. Like that's not a lot, but for you and the day with her that attached to your head. Feels like a lot. And that's broken up into like five minute increments too. You don't get 15 (laughs) minutes at a time anymore. 15 throughout. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, me, do you have any advice for moms that are curious about using cannabis during their pregnancy? I would look up a podcast, different podcasts to listen to, but also there's a bunch of women on Instagram. I mean, they're harder to find now that they've started banning hashtags and whatnot, which is ridiculous, but that's for another day. Yes. (laughs) So, if you can find some good people to follow who you feel like you can... You can trust enough being a stranger on the internet, you know, and just see what their anecdotal evidence is because that's all it is at this point. Like there is no con- concrete clinical trials that I have found that I trusted. Mm-hmm. I just listened to other moms and then listened to my own intuition. And I think that's the that's the takeaway from it. Trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah, especially good. if you're having a natural birth, you're already on that path of trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. So why not start with it during right. your first trimester? Yeah. Love to hear it. I know. It's great advice, honestly. So, So, me, we ask everyone this question, but what is the stigma that you would like to see change regarding cannabis? 
So, like, when my parents come over for dinner and they have a glass <laughs> of wine and I go to sneak off to the garage to smoke real quick and I get that look, I wish that would go away because it's A-okay for somebody to sit there and have a glass of wine mm-hmm. and be hungover in the morning and unfunctional. But when I smoke right. a bowl and then go to bed and sleep great and wake up ready to take care of my baby, I get looked at differently. And yeah. I wish that would go away. Yeah. Amen to that, sister. That's and it will. Mm-hmm. it will. It will. I feel like Over as time. your parents see you grow with Tove and be a better mom. Yeah, but but in general, yeah, 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 society as a whole. I feel like you have to see people functioning for a long time to be like, oh, okay, they're not... Yeah, well, that's how. smoking a joint outside of a, a restaurant before you go in and have a dinner too. Because yeah. like, what if I don't? I don't want to consume alcohol during my dinner, but I wanted to consume a little bit of yes. cannabis beforehand. I hear you. Yeah, I, hear that. I, I see that. With, like my dad, I've seen the gradual growth of like him, me getting in trouble for it or it smelling or going on the side of the house and him thinking it's a skunk outside right? and like all these things and like now <laughs> so annoying <laughs> no, they, get, they say the comment every time too like you I would just better. be like yeah I guess so <laughs> like I would just like play into his stupid narrative I'm like if you want to say that shit then like let's run with it I guess that's fine but, but now we were in Jamaica we were walking down the beach and my mom was like there must be a lot of skunks on this island and I was like no mom <laughs> a lot of skunks on the island. Yeah, mom, they're everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, my dad, I feel like it's been, we we can now like sit on the porch like with him mm-hmm. sitting nearby and like he won't say anything and he knows because he's like, oh, well, my kids actually are functioning adults and they have jobs and they're doing everything that they should and Progress. she doesn't want to mm-hmm. sit here with a beer right now yeah. and so she wants to smoke her joint over there and like yeah. he doesn't say shit anymore. Love that. And so it's just yeah. cool to see like, I, that was a hard one, I thought. And, yeah. you know, we are, we're here where we're at now. So, And I Hopeful. want her to feel comfortable when she's of age, too, to be able yeah. to talk to me mm-hmm. about it. I don't want her consuming before 18. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I just, I don't want that. But I'm also going to be there for her if she's going to need something medicinal. Like, we yeah. have CBD drops at home that I use for my dog. Exactly. Like, I yeah. will be open to giving her CBD yeah, and things for sure. instead of painkillers as she grows up, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I That's love good. That's sweet. So I think this wraps up today's episode, me. Thank you guys for having me. Yes. Is there anything that you would like to add before we hop off? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Me, thank you so much for being on and sharing your journey with us. It's so cool. I mean, I feel like I've heard this, but it's just always cool to hear it on this side. Mm -hmm. And I I always feel like it's always fresh and new and I just always learn so much. So thank you so much for sharing your journey. Thanks for inspiring people who are thinking about or trying to or wanting to or are doing it and they want to feel a little... You know, like they're not no alone. pressure. Yeah, yeah. As it is. You can do it. Like your body was built for it. Yeah. You just trust your body to know what it's doing. Like it grows the human without you having to tell it what to do. So why can't you give birth? Hell yeah. yeah. Mic okay. drop. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes today's episode. Thank you to everyone that listened to today's episode and tuned in. And as always, brand stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. 
Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.